Welcome to the Different Church Podcast. My name is Tyler Sturban, and I'm so grateful that you're hanging out with us today. And hey, if you want more information on our church, you can go to our website, dfrnt.church, or you can follow on all of our socials, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just be a part of everything that we do every single day. But hey, like I said before, I'm so grateful that you're here. And hey, if it encourages you, if it challenges you, will you rate us five stars? Because it helps us reach as many people as we possibly can with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So hey, like I said before, I'm thankful that you're here and I pray that this message encourages you. Church, hey everybody in house, how are we feeling this morning? Good? Okay, okay, okay. Hey, everybody online, man, whether you're listening on podcast one, if you're at the gym and you're listening on the podcast, man, lift, a, do another rep, do another set, do something, run an extra mile. I have no idea. Keep grinding. Or maybe you're watching on YouTube or TikTok, whatever, man. I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Man, we're in a series. We started last week. We're in a series called Where the Hell Am I Going? You ever been so lost? Really, I get lost in the grocery store. That's how I know I like vision. I get lost in the simplest places ever I get lost going to the bathroom how much if it's that easy to get lost in places I can't see what about the spiritual that I can't see and there are three things that kill people we talked about there's a physical death right you get murdered you die physically there's a spiritual death wickedness sin you die for eternity and then there's the lack of vision Proverbs 29 18 I think it is this says where there is no vision people die but no one cares about that piece no one cares about the vision. No one cares about the future dying. No one cares about any of that. I have to ask myself, do I know where I'm going? And I have to know, to know where I'm going, I have to be able to see. Vision is being able to see. Can I see into the future? And hey, maybe I'm just a little too Pentecostal, but I believe the Spirit gives people uh, signs, wonders, visions, prophecies that you can see into the future. And we talked about it last week. How many times have you had foresight into a situation. You knew something was off with this relationship, so you cut it off. You didn't know what it was. You didn't know what was going to happen, but God gave you a vision for it. Therefore, you were able to see into it and go, hey, I got to bail out. You knew a job was going to act a certain way, be a certain way, so you had a vision for it, and so you kind of stepped out. And so if I, whether it's in my relationships, in my finances, in my parenting, in my life, in my ministry, maybe you feel called to ministry, do I have a vision for it? Do I know where I'm going? Because if you were to put me just in the middle of, the, of nowhere, blindfolded, I couldn't get somewhere because I couldn't see how to get where I'm going. I have to be able to see where I'm going to get to where God's asked me to go. But I think, listen, I think we would rather look good than be good. We say it all the time. I think Christians are really good. You know how we dress up super cute? We look good. We smile on Sunday morning knowing we've been cussing people out Friday night downtown. No, you, the group chat, dude, if, if the church saw the group chats you're in, you'd already, you wouldn't even get invited to serving kids anymore, would you? If they saw, but we would rather look good than be good. We'd rather look good. So growing up, my grandpa, he had a, like a, a, a baby blue Thunderbird, okay? It was, under the, it was under the thing, and he loved this thing more than me, right? And every single day, he'd get out, he would clean it, he'd wax it, he'd do everything, right? And I was like 12, and I remember asking him, I was like, Grandpa, can we drive in it? Like, we had never, I had never seen it driven before anything. I said, Grandpa, can we ride in it? And he goes, it doesn't have an engine. And I was like, why are you cleaning? He said, man, I love how it looks, though. I love how it looks. He had something beautiful that couldn't take him anywhere. I know a lot of us on Sunday morning, we really look good, but couldn't take anybody to the presence of God. If 
We couldn't take them to prayer if we wanted to. I know a lot of people who they listen to Caleb every single time they get into the car. But when it comes to praising in their closet, when it comes to praising somewhere, they don't they don't have it like that. We look good, but we can't go nowhere. We look good, but we couldn't. And we especially couldn't lead somebody to through the sinner's prayer, could we? But we, we looked apart on Sunday morning, but it's less about looking good and more about going somewhere good. And I think that we have to ask ourselves, do I, do I look the part? Do I have the shoes? Do I have the shirt? Do I dress up? Do I have the tie? Do I have the three-piece suit? Or can I really, no matter what, listen, no matter what I look like, you ever, and, and I remember back in the day, you ever had somebody that you least expect speak something crazy into your life? You ever had some like, tattooed biker dude just walk by say something to and you're like oh snap I haven't received that much in a long you know what I mean it wasn't my pastor it wasn't somebody it was just somebody random spoke into me I have to 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 have vision but we can get it, it can be very dangerous whenever we pray for everything but vision if my daughters walked up to me and said dad we want a hundred dollars what would I say? I wouldn't turn them down because I love them. I'd say, why do you need $100? And, and if they came up to me and they said, well, our friend is struggling. We want to help her out. And then if we have any leftover, we could, you know, buy something for ourselves. I, I would be more inclined to give the $100. And if they said, well, we just want to put it in our piggy bank and look okay. We just want to watch it. We just want to look at it. They don't have a vision for it. They didn't have a vision for it. And me being somebody, a great steward of money more than my daughters, I would say, well, show me the vision for what you're asking me for. But we'll pray God bless us financially. We'll say, God, make us rich. And he'll go, well, what will you do with the money when you get it? God, give me a marriage. Well, are you just getting married because you're lonely or do you really want to go somewhere with this spouse? Give me the vision for it. So rather than praying, God, give me more, I think our prayers need to be, God, help me know what to do when you give me more. I think I need a vision for the money I'm asking for. I think I need to have a vision for the spouse I'm asking for. I think I need to have a vision for the ministry I'm asking for. Because it's very, very, very easy to say, God, give me this. And not, hey, God, give me, give me sight into what I'm asking you for. Because it, you know how I know? How many relationships have I wasted? How much money have I wasted? How many seasons have I wasted? I didn't have, was it because God didn't give me what I wanted? No, he gave me what I wanted. I didn't have the vision to get what I want, to keep what I wanted. I didn't have the vision for it. And if we do not have vision in our lives online, if we don't have vision in our lives, we are in a very, very dangerous place. And you will blame everyone but yourself for why you're struggling. And it is usually your lack of vision. So can we hop into the word? Okay, we're in a deep cut online. We're in a deep cut this morning. If you will, turn to Deuteronomy 8. And some of y'all are like, who's Deuteronomy? It's in the very, it's in the Old Testament, okay? This is a deep cut. We are in the word. But can I tell you, this is not, you know how some days you go to the gym and you love the day? It's chest day. You love it. It makes you feel good. And then for me, leg day is Thursdays. We call it thigh Thursdays at my house. I, if I'm going to miss a day at the gym, what day is it? Thursday. I'm going to just, ah, yeah, I'm not feeling well, or I set my appointments on Thursday so I don't have to do leg day. But I will be unproportionate if I do not do what I have to do. And so there are some topics on Sunday morning when I read the Bible, some of the verses I love. I love some of the verses. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, there to give you a hope and a future. But then there are some other ones like Deuteronomy 8 where I go, ah, let me just skip that one. 
but I want to preach the whole Bible. And so can we talk about money this morning? I know, I know, I know online. I know, don't click off. I'm telling you, don't click off. Don't click off. I really think, because I really believe we can be rich and righteous. I really think God has called us to be rich and righteous, to bring him glory with our finances. But I think we can just, well, I can't preach the whole thing. So before we talk about money, and I do this every single time, I do this every single time online. If you're new, I have no idea. Before we talk about money, I do want to give a caveat. Deal? Deal? Are we good? Are we comfortable? Because, well, well, why do we talk about money? So first, why do we talk about money? Four-fifths of Americans say they stress about their finances. And I know none of us, we're in the one-fifth. I, I, I know everyone in person, everybody online. This is for somebody else that we'll send it to. This isn't for us. This is for the one, you know, this is for the four-fifths. I'm part of the one-fifth because I'm better than everyone else. So this isn't for us. This is for everyone else. But four-fifths of Americans say they stress, and it is in the top five reasons people commit suicide. Why would we not talk about my financial stress? If the Bible talked about it, if Jesus talked about it, if Scripture talks about it, if it's a spiritual component that we can use to change the world, why would we act weird about it? But remember, it's leg day. Can we stress today? Can we grow today? But before we talk about money, before we do anything, I have to say one thing and one thing because for some reason people freak out, and so I just want to to clear the air real fast. Tithing will not make God love you more. Not tithing will not make God love you less. It won't happen. It can't happen. He loves you. There's nothing you can give to get his love. But here's what I'll tell you. When you do tithe, this shows that you trust him. And it is hard to build a relationship not built on trust. It is very hard. When my wife asks to see my phone, I give her my phone. Because she doesn't trust me? No, because I'm not No, I give it to her because it's hers. She trusts me. I trust her. She can have everything. There is nothing I'm hiding from her. So the moment she asks for something, I give it. Not because we're, it's, it's some weird relationship, some power struggle. No, I just want to build trust. So the moment I say, hey, take it, she usually doesn't even want it anymore. But the moment I go, ah, oh, well, hold on. Let me, let, let me delete something real quick. Then the trust is broken. And the moment God says, hey, you know, I want you to financially bless this person, you go, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, don't, don't, don't. I thought we had a trust, trusting relationship. God won't love you less for not tithing. God won't love you more for tithing. But your relationship will flourish when you begin to. I promise, I promise, I promise. But you are not, there is not some special place in heaven for tithers and non-tithers where it's still a little bit hotter in heaven over here because you didn't, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. But I'm telling you, your relationship will thrive. You know how like you ever have a friend that you have that one thing y'all don't talk about? Because like y'all, it, it happened a long time ago, y'all don't really want to talk about it. I, in my relationship with God, I don't want that t- topic. Therefore, you can have everything. You want my worship? Take my worship. You want my prayer? Take my prayer. You want my family? Take my family. You want my future? Take my future. You want my money? Take my money. I don't care. I just want our relationship to be perfect. And I will give you everything. And that includes money. But I want to let you know, you say, hey, man, I still don't get down with it. Okay, that's cool. God still loves you. I still love you. You can still start. Like, ain't, 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 ain't no thing but a chicken wing. But I will let you know, you will, your relationship, there will always be something there. Until you give him everything. There will always be just something small there. And so I need you. But hey, Deuteronomy 8. Can we read this morning? Can we get into the word? And we're in a bunch of verses, okay? Because, man, if I need to know where I'm going with anything, it's my money. 
If I have a lack of vision for anything, it's my money. Whenever I was a kid, you know how many packs of Pokemon cards I bought? I could have just put that in a 401k. I could have done something. I could have made it happen. I could have made moves. I could have sent it overseas and helped some people. Nah, man, I got this Charizard, though. Deuteronomy 8, verse 11 through 18, look at what it says. And this is, they have, the Israelites haven't made it to the promised land yet, but they're about to. God's about to move in their life, but he's given them a warning before they prosper. God has it. Listen, God has a plan to prosper you. That's why I say you can be rich and righteous. If you, the more poor you are, it doesn't mean you're more holy. The more rich you are, it doesn't mean you're more ungodly. That has nothing to do with that. If God has every part of you, that is where you need to be, whether it's a lot or a little, period. Point blank, simple, let's, let's leave it at that. You can be rich and righteous. The Israelites are going from slavery into prosperity. And this is, this is the message God has for them when they get it like that. Because you know during tax season, you just act a fool. We've all had a little extra money. We've all, we've all flexed a little bit too much. We've all had a little bit more than we needed, haven't we? At some point, whether it was tax season, you know Christmas comes around, your grandma blesses you like something crazy, right? She loves you more than your parents love you, so she gives you a couple hundred dollars. You don't know how to act with a couple, couple hundred extra dollars. But this is what he says, verse 11. If you want to read, play karaoke with us. Look what it says. Deuteronomy 8, verse 11. But that, that is the time. Listen, when you get it like that, God's going to bless you. When you get it like that, that is the time to be what? Careful. What? Tell me to go flex and buy something I'll need. Tell me to eat steak and lobster real quick. Tell me to go on a cruise. Tell me to go on a vacation. He says, when you walk in a season of prosperity, not that it's bad, not that it's good. Be careful. Be careful. Beware. Here we go. Verse 11. Beware that in your plenty. Look at the reason we have it. You do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. Verse 12. For when you have become full and prosperous, when you got it like that, And have built fine homes to live in. And when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else. What does he say again? Be careful. Do not. Look at what he says. Hey, let me bring you down a couple notches. Verse 14. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God. Woo! Forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions. And you already know this is so, one. This is good. Well, this, this, this passage is crazy. As we go back through, there are some things that aren't in my notes that I just kind of want to speak into your life. But, but look, he says, led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry he gave you water from the rock verse 16 he fed you with manna in the wilderness i think this is good a food unknown to your ancestors we'll get there in a second that's good he did this to humble you and to test you for your own good everything you've been through god was testing you growing you molding you shaping you doing something in you aren't you glad you went through what you've been through aren't you better because you went through what you've been through stop it he did this verse 17 He did this all so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. 
Where have I, why have I never read this chapter before? Verse 18, and then we're done. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. Why? In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's always been all about him. It will, listen, whether you make it about him or not, it will always be all about him, whether you like it or not. And so let's go back to the beginning. Isn't that chapter good? Oh, mine. Are y'all, hey, I hope you didn't click off. I'm going to be mad if you clicked off. Verse 11. But that is the time in your season of prosperity, in your season of getting money. That is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built your home to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied. Look at this. He's he's telling you, hey, God's going to do something, but what? Do not forget. But it says that is the time to be careful. Be careful. And, and if I've learned anything, money is not good or bad. Money is powerful. And when something's powerful, that means it is dangerous. Money can be very good. God can use it because it's powerful. It can be used to change the world, move the gospel, serve the person next door, whatever. Money is very powerful. But it's also very, 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 very dangerous at the same time. I mean, how many of us stress about it? How many of us are anxi- have anxiety about it? How many of us every single morning right when we wake up, that is the first thing that crosses our mind and the last thing that crosses our mind when we go to sleep? It is powerful. It has a chokehold on your life. And he says, hey, when you get it like that, be careful. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Lions are beautiful creatures. They're powerful creatures. And when you go to the zoo, they're really fun to look at. When you get them in the cage, you have a controlled area. They look really good. But the moment one of those lions gets out of that cage, what happens? The same lion that you loved looking at is now the most dangerous thing in the, in, in the zoo. The most dangerous place in the, or the most dangerous animal in the place. Something can be beautiful, powerful, and dangerous. Your finances just like the lion, your fi- if they do not have accountability, if you are not in the word about your finances, if you are not in prayer about your finances, if during worship you are not worshiping, going, God, how do I glorify you with my finances? The very thing that is so powerful can be the thing that kills you. You know how many people I know have been killed by their own love for their finances. What does the word say? A man cannot do what? Love both God and money. He cannot serve both God and money. And we have to be, every dollar that comes in, we have to know what it's, what it's doing. And, and, and yes, you can talk about budget, you can do all of that. I'm talking about when, when you receive a payment from somebody, when you receive a paycheck from somebody, is your first thought, God, how do I glorify the kingdom? How do I use this to move your, and yes, be blessed, right? You can be rich, listen, you can be rich and righteous, You can use this and you can take it and use it to glorify him. But that is, listen, you're in a very, very, very dangerous place when you value your financial stability over your spirituality. And there will be a moment where you'll be tested. Do you love money more than you love God? That's one of the only things that he says, hey, test me in this. Like there will be a test at some point. Do you love finances more than you love Jesus? 
And we believed blessed means financial freedom. That's not true. Blessed means happy or joyful. It does not mean you can have finances and not have favor. You can have money and not be blessed. It means I am happy and joyful. And my joy comes from the what Jesus paid on the cross, nothing else. It does not come from when my boss pays me. It comes from Jesus dying on the cross and paying for my sins. That is where my joy comes from. You can be blessed and not have any money. Because how many, listen, how many of your favorite times were in the summer with your friends and you had no money in your pockets? And those were the times you wish you could get back. Money cannot buy you those things. Therefore, don't allow it. Listen, if it can't give you joy, it can't take joy away. You can't allow this thing that cannot bring you joy to rob you of your joy. And I know too many times, listen, in my life, I have, I've been attacked with anxiety about finances. Obviously, we have a, my wife and I, we have our own family. Then we have, uh, you know, different things that we do. We pay people, we do all this. And so you're, I'm always like, okay, this needs to happen. I have to go. I do not get my joy from getting money. I can't get my joy from getting money because the moment it goes away, I can't allow my joy to leave because my joy is attached to the cross of Jesus. But so many of us have attached our anxiety and our stress and our hope to finances. But so, you know, you already know I had to get some money out. You already know I had to bring some money with this. Hey, real quick, before anyone like tries to rob me, this is fake money. It costs like to get $300,000. It costs like $7.36 on Amazon. So you can do what you want with it. I've seen people on Instagram, they'll get a stack of money, they'll get their whole paycheck and they'll get on Instagram and they'll put it up to their ear like the money's calling, can't hear you, money's calling. No, 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 God called you a long time ago, but you didn't answer that, but you answered the moment someone would give you some money. You didn't answer the call God had on your life, but therefore you dropped everything God was going to do in your life so that you could pick up a $40,000 a year uh, paycheck. God, just because, listen, just because money is attached doesn't mean God is attached. Just because money is attached doesn't mean blessing is attached. You have to be very careful that you don't answer this and not answer the call God has on your life. I know too many people answering anyone that will give them money. Not every, and we talk about like provision and vision are not the same things. You have to chase your vision over your provision. You have to, you have to, you have to but we will get it messed up and go, my spirituality is tied to my financial stability. God's good to me whenever my finances are good. That is not true. That is not true. God is good whether your finances are good or not. God is so good. I learned more in my lack than I did in my abundance. More think. My, the first job, I, listen, the first job I ever worked at, I was in high school, or the second job, I guess. I got fired really fast out of my first one. But my second one, my first real one, okay, I worked at Party City. And I made $7.15 an hour or something like that. I made $7.10, $7.15, something like that. And I just blew up balloons all day long. Shh, tie, shh, tie. And I used to complain, man, if they pay me more, I'm out here working. My, my fingers, are like they're rubbing raw, like all this stuff. And in that season, I didn't have enough money. I would complain about how much money I make. You know what my daughters love about me more than anything else? How fast I can blow up a balloon and tie it. (laughs) The thing that I was complaining about, the season where I got paid the least, is something my daughters really cherish about me. I... I developed a gift in the midst of my lack. I developed a gift in the midst of I need more. I developed something in the midst of I don't have enough. And in your season that you're in currently, I don't have enough. I'm not making enough. God is teaching you something that you're going to take into the, into the new season. My daughters go, hey, dad, show us how fast you can do a balloon. 
I say, you want ribbon or no ribbon? They're like, what? You can do ribbon? I'm like, hey, man, I got it like that. What are you talking about? I got it like that. I, ribbon? Me? I was Bloom County manager. You better stop playing with me. You better stop. But we will get so hurt that God is not answering our call in this season, but you don't know what he's teaching you in this season. You have no idea what he's doing. But you know what else people do? I've seen with uh, this. Let me, try to, let me try to get this thing open. Look at this. You know what else people do? I've seen people on Instagram, they'll also, whenever they get paid, they'll like take their whole paycheck, spread it down their arm just to show how much money they got. And that really impresses their hundred followers on Instagram. That really looks good to the few people. But I know God's sitting there going, why don't you spread your arms and worship? Why don't you spread the Bible open and really begin to read? What if you lifted your arms in prayer? The same arms you've got money all over are the same arms that are not sacrificing anything for my kingdom. What good is getting all of this is the moment I die, I didn't accomplish everything God asked me to accomplish. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I... I used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. It is, is my life not all about this? Have I not made it all about this? And dude, this means nothing. In the grand scheme of like, this means nothing. My daughters could care less. If you said, hey, do you want $100 or a chicken nugget? They would choose a chicken nugget every single time. And then you say, do you want a million dollars or two chicken nuggets? They'll take the two chicken nuggets. The money means nothing to them. Because they just want joy. And money can't bring them joy. They don't have the vision for the million dollars yet. And I think a lot of us, we've allowed this thing right here, these bills right here to rob you. God did not create these. Man created these. And God uses these. That's it. But you've allowed, you've allowed this to have a chokehold on your life for a very long time. And I think God wants you to share the stress with him. I think God wants you to share that with him. He says, hey, hey, your life doesn't have to be all about this. I can help you. It doesn't, you don't have to wake up every morning and and check your thing, hoping some money magically ended up in your bank account. Trust me, I've been doing it for 30 years. It hasn't happened. I'm waiting on it. Monopoly used to have a bank error in your favor, collect $500 card. I used to just think bank errors just happened. One hasn't happened to me yet, but I'm praying. I'm believing. But okay, we understand that we can ditch the spiritual to grab the financial we understand that. I do it. I've done it. I still do it. I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to miss it. But what, why does he keep saying, be careful? Verse 11, be careful. Be, be, uh, beware that in your plenty, you do not what? Forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. 
For when you have, be, look, watch this. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. One, I, I do want to say, like, I am not one of those people, like, and, and I know that we've been talking online. I'm not one of those people that, like, if you are blessed financially, be blessed financially. I remember at church, if, if you were blessed financially, people made you feel bad. If, if they saw you out to a nice dinner, if you didn't say, oh, I have a gift card, you were like some bad. No, maybe we're just blessed right now. Maybe we've just budgeted in this season. Maybe God is just moving at my job. If God is blessing you, be blessed. Don't allow someone else to rob you of the blessing God's giving you. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I, I can't stand people that live like that. You get a nice car, pull up and let me drive it a couple times. That's it. I, no one is, we, we can't. God's, God's guaranteeing that you're going to be blessed at some point. Verse 14, but do not become proud at that time and forget that the Lord your God, and what did he do? Rescued you from slavery. Don't forget where you come from. Don't forget what he's done for you. Don't forget everything you've seen. Don't forget everything he's brought you from. Don't forget the meals that used to taste good back in the day. Don't forget the hamburger helper. Don't forget the ramen. Don't forget that because that reminds you of what God did in your life in that, listen, in that season. He's brought you a long way, hadn't he? But don't forget what he's done. P. Diddy said, mo money, mo problems. But the Bible says, mo money, less memory. You'll forget, when you get more, you'll forget what God did in your less. You'll forget how faithful he was when you start making it like that and you don't need him to show up financially. You'll start forgetting all the seasons where he showed up financially. You'll begin to forget the goodness of God. And he says, don't forget the goodness of God because you'll think you did it. You didn't do it. I did it. You're welcome. We will forget how good God's been. And then the moment someone asks you for help, you'll go, you know, you suck on your, what? I earned this. But what does he say later on? No, you didn't. I blessed you with it. Why would you not help somebody with it? Is that not why you have it? Is that not why I've elevated you? Is that not why I put you on this earth? Is that not why? Don't forget the things I've brought you through. Don't forget the slavery you walked through. Don't forget it. Because the more money you get, you will forget. Ask me, listen, ask me how I know. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Something happens, breakthrough happens. I forget everything. I get a raise, something happens. I don't even remember my old friends anymore. I change my number. I switch up. No. Don't, don't forget. Don't switch up on God because, listen, he remembers you. You can get new friends. You can't get a new God. He remembers what he's brought you through. He remembers what he brought you through. And he knows if you move the money. I heard an old pastor say this one time. All of us are one paycheck and a family member away from being on the street. All of us are. Don't forget it. You are a paycheck and a family member away. You lose that family member, you lose that paycheck, you are sitting there wishing God showed up. We're all there. It doesn't take long. And he says, hey, humble yourself. Humble yourself. When I, do, when I begin to move, humble yourself. But we'll switch up. We'll switch up. I switch up all the time. So verse 14, do not, and this is where I just kind of want to, and, and, and Olivia, if you want to, complain. thank you so much. 
Verse 14, do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. And watch this, don't forget. Now he begins to tell you all the things you forgot. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with what in it? With its poisonous snakes and scorpions. He said, don't forget the things that tried to kill you I saved you from. Don't forget the people that talk bad about you. I gave you a name. I gave you a calling. I gave you a purpose. Do not forget the seasons I've walked you through. Those things tried to kill you. Don't forget them. He says, I led you through everyone, every terrifying poisonous snakes and scorpions. Those things try to come up on you. Those things try to kill you. Don't forget. The, listen, don't forget them, though. Not just. And, and, and I think that it's very easy. To go, oh, yeah, God, you know. God's been good. No, explain why God's been good. Walk somebody through the things you've been through. Let them know what the snakes look like. Let them know what the scorpions are like because someone else is walking through that same season right now. Let them know. It encourages them. He says, it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. And look at, and, and this was kind of something that this morning I was just kind of reading. Verse 16, he fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. You're in a season your family has never been in. Thank him for that. You will receive something. God will bless you with something your family has never seen before. You are breaking a generational curse. When God begins to bless you, you have got to look at it as God is doing something that he's never done in my family before. This is new. I'm going to share it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to praise through it. I'm going to walk somebody through it. I'm going to shout. I'm going to jump. I'm going to do whatever I need to do because my family never saw this. And we're not just talking about money, any type of abundance, any type of blessing, any type of favor. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. Wasn't the test good? The old pastor used to say, aren't you glad you don't look like what you've been through? Aren't you glad you don't smell like what you walked through? Aren't you glad? You look really good, don't you? You've been through some really bad, haven't you? You've seen some stuff that nobody should see. You've walked through seasons nobody should walk through. Yet, aren't you glad you don't look like it right now? Aren't you glad God did something in it? Aren't you glad you learned something from it? There is something God taught you in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your pain. But verse 17, and we're done. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength. I did it. The hustle, the grind. Don't you love those stories like the hustling? Like, man, they, they did it out of nothing. They didn't do it out of nothing. When someone says, hey, Tyler, how does it? When I think about the goodness of God, when I look at how God has been good to me. Verse 18, and we're done. Remember. Isn't that the word here? Remember. Don't forget. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. Don't forget. Are you driven by a desire to create change? 
Dive into From Passion to Purpose, where we unlock the stories of nonprofit trailblazers. Get inspired as leaders share invaluable tips and transformative tales that empower you to make a lasting impact in your community. Tune in and ignite your passion into purpose today. But with money, it's very easy because it's, it's always moving. You're getting some, you're losing some, you're always doing it. You cannot build on money, you build with money. If you build something, if you build a marriage on finances, the moment finances are removed, the marriage crumbles. If you build your life or your ministry on finances, the moment finances are bad, the ministry or the calling crumbles. If you build your family, if you build anything on money, the moment that money moves, the the whole thing crumbles. But if you build it on who Jesus is and then you allow resources to help move it forward, that's the moment even when money doesn't come, you're not moved. Money can move, you're not moved. This says, don't forget, remember the Lord your God. But as I was praying, like, okay, all this sounds good, bro. Like this online, this sounds good. Remember God, be humble with finances. And I'll give some left over if I have some left over. But I still stress. Like I, like I can't help. Like in some of us, and, and, and I'll be very transparent, like it's all you think about. It's, it, it, it destroys your mind. Like when you wake up in the morning, when you go to sleep during the day, everything, you are a slave to it. You are a slave to finances. I am not a slave to anyone but Jesus Christ. But there, Tyler, it's easy. And can I, can I tell you real quick? If you don't share your stress of finances with Jesus, you will share it with your children. You know what's worse than hand-me-down clothes? Handing down anxiety and stress and depression. That's why Jesus says, hey, I know you don't want to give me this area of your life. I need it because I don't want your children to have it. Give it to me now. If that's being generous, if that's serving, if that's whatever, give it to me now so your children don't get it. Let me help you. But we'll give him everything but our finances and wonder why we don't stress about anything but our finances. But Tyler, I don't like talking about money in church. I know you're just asking. I don't care if you tithe. Listen, I don't care. I don't make commission off this. I don't care about that. I want your children to not stress and ask, are we going to eat tonight? Because you did that. Because you talked like that. Because you stressed like that. Jesus saying, hey, just give it to me and I promise I'll do something with it. He's looking after you and your family when he asks you, hey, be generous. But I'm only looking after myself right now. As long as I get it like that, as long as I've got it like that. No, 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 no. You stress about what you're a slave to. Because early on, whenever I was a kid, I didn't stress money. I stressed popularity. I had to give that over to Jesus. And then as I got a little older, I, I, I was a slave to my sexual impulses. I was a young kid, right? I just wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. What did I have to do? I had to give that over to Jesus. Then I stressed being single. Am I ever going to get married? I had to give that over to Jesus. And now that I'm older, I'm getting a little money that's coming in. And stuff like that. What do I have? It's the same thing I've done with everything else. But for some reason, money, we just can't do it. 
He's like, you've given me everything else. Just trust me. Just trust me and watch me move. And you trusted him with those in the, back in the day and he made a way. He, you trusted him back in the day and he made a way. Why, listen, why would you forget now? Why would you not remember now? So as it say, verse 18, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed with your ancestors as an oath. You are doing this, one, to glorify God. That is it. That's why we exist. That's why we are put on this planet. If not, we would go up to heaven and we would just be chilling. We are here to glorify God. Every dollar has to go to something. That, and, and if that's if you can be rich and righteous and your house shows the glory of God, you will share your testimony because of your house. Someone goes, oh, this is not a nice house. Yeah, if you'd seen where I came from, if you've seen what God did, that's a testimony. Testimonies aren't just I was in a crack house. and No, a lot of our testimonies we can share. This boat, if you'd even imagine where I came from and how God blessed me, you wouldn't imagine. And somebody can really see the glory of God through your riches. Someone can see that. But listen, but don't forget it. Because you know what you'll say? Man, I was grinding. First one in, last one out, worked as hard as I could, saved. No, the glory of God. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have anything. So Tyler, what do we do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm stressed. I think about it 24-7. Don't let it have power over you. You know how you remove its power? Give it and see what happens. You assume power over it the moment you're generous. You become, you're using it, it's not using you. We've allowed money to use us too much. I move wherever money goes. I talk wherever money goes. I spend time wherever money is. No, I'll go where God's called me to and if there's money there, cool. If not, cool. It doesn't change what I do. My calling is bigger than my finances. My calling is bigger than what God can do in my life. My calling is bigger than any of that. But you have to begin to say, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to see. I'm going to listen. I'm going to test him. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to do that. And so that's, hey, all my, I know money talk, man, this is hard. I just know what it feels like to have stress and anxiety about it. I know what it's like to have a, a single mom that couldn't pay bills their whole life. Working four jobs at night just to make ends meet. Seeing eviction notice after eviction notice. I know what that's like. And I remember when I began to tithe. When I began to be generous. It was crazy. It was a, it was a crazy concept to me. When that happens, I didn't necessarily do it so I could be blessed. I did it so my daughters would know that their dad and their family was a generous family. Because I had never, listen, my whole life I had never heard my mom ever bless somebody else. Never, I had never heard that before. I didn't want my daughters to see that. But you know, when I started tithing, it wasn't some crazy spiritual thing. It wasn't. It wasn't like some guy spoke. I remember, I remember someone said like, hey, give him uh, your 10 and he'll bless your 90. That was like the conversation. And I remember thinking like I had tried everything to make, like I wasn't making ends meet. They didn't even know, my ends didn't even know each other, nothing. And I remember thinking my 100% can't pay the bills. So what difference does it make if I try? And so I just remember, I was like, you know, I, I literally, I was too poor not to tithe. I was too broke not to tithe. And so I did it. 
And sometimes crazy stuff happens. People walk by with a $100 bill, bless me. And sometimes nothing. And I, listen, I figured it out. I figured it out. But God was worth it. God was always worth it. You know, no one said how everyone says, man, we're not ready to have a kid financially. We can't make it work. I couldn't make it work. I got two of them. You just, it just happens. It just happens. When you're generous, God's got you. And you won't be able to pinpoint one thing he does. You'll just look back and go, but he did it. But he did it, but he didn't. So that's my prayer. I don't know who you are, where you are. Really, this isn't a, hey, tie to the church. No, this is, I don't want you to stress anymore. This has helped me not stress. This has helped me be less anxious. Are there days that are better than others? Yes. But God has more for you. And if you don't have a vision for your finances, the world will find something to do with your finances. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We give today to you, whether it's online, in person. I have no idea. God, I, I'm done being controlled by my money. I'm done being controlled by my finances. I'm done being controlled by them. I'm done stressing about them. I'm done being anxious about them. I'm done having suicidal thoughts about my money because it'd be easier if I was just already in heaven. I know you have a goal for me on this earth. And God, I want to honor you with everything I have, whether that's my mouth, my hands, my actions, my time, or my money. Everything will go to honor you. Everything will go to give you praise and to give you glory. And I'm sorry when I've forgotten what you've brought me from. I'm sorry when I've forgotten the old jobs I used to have that I definitely couldn't make ends meet. And now I'm here a little bit better off than I was and i I'm less faithful with more money. I am less faithful with more finances. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm done stressing. I don't want to pass the torch on to my family. I want them to know I would do anything. I would serve anyone, even if I had it, even if I didn't have it. I will serve anybody and anything, whether that costs me everything or not. Lord, I love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. It's your name we pray and everybody said, amen.